Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Today's top story, from the perspective of someone who's there. You are looking live. This just in. Not my beat. Bring in the man who broke the story, Don Van Nata, ESPN, back with us again. Uh, Don, you did it again. Uh, You and Seth, just more information. So damning for the NFL, the way I read it. We're going to dive into as much as we possibly can. But we actually want to start with you today is kind of the the larger zoomed out process of how this works. In, In essence, this is a story about information gathering and information sharing and how the the kind of the the information goes from within inside a, a private group the NFL and the owners and uh the Snyders to the hands of reporters and while this wasn't your story initially that you're reporting on you're reporting on the reporting if you will you have certainly done much of that information gathering yourself over your uh very illustrious career so how does the gathering of information like this work and some of the decision-making that goes into publishing a story like the Wall Street Journal did and like the New York Times did that is at the center of your story? Well, the, the kind of work that uh, Seth and I uh, do is investigative reporting, and the kind of lifeblood of that is getting key people to trust us, to trust that we won't identify them, that they'll will protect their anonymity if they want it protected, but also that we'll get the truth. And, you know, people have lots of different motivations for speaking to someone like me. Um, A lot of the reporting that's in this story are from sources that I've made uh, over the course of my career at ESPN, which began in 2012. I've been doing uh, NFL investigative type work since very early in my career at the network. And so has Seth. So we tap those sources. Now, the kind of story we did, though, is somewhat different from the stories that the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal did back in October 2021 on these leaks of these misogynistic, racist, homophobic emails that John Gruden sent to Bruce Allen. Uh, that was a single leak um, or or a leak of one email in the case of the Wall Street Journal, a leak of a batch of emails to The New York Times. And again, those reporters um, do very similar 
kinds of work that I do in the sense that they also have relationships and they rely on them. Um, but what we had to try to do, Seth and I, in this piece, and it was difficult, is we never asked those reporters who their sources were. We asked everybody else around that those stories um, who could have been their sources, who, who likely were their sources, whether or not they're the ones that had the actual emails to leak to start with. And number two, the motive to leak them. And yeah, it's a tricky story because we're we're basically shadowing these two big scoops that led to John Gruden losing his job as head coach of the Raiders. Um, and anytime you do that as a journalist, it's tricky terrain. And, um, you know, I, I, I hope readers will agree that we did a good job by bringing a lot of new information um, to the public's attention in this story. Right. And no doubt there's a lot of new stuff. And, and really a lot of it is is detail around kind of more generic things that at least subliminally we knew. But why did you think it was important to dive into who leaked these emails? Because there is kind of a little a little bit of a journalistic faux pas, right, that you just touched on that. But these are people's sources. As a journalist, we don't want anyone ever sniffing around our sources. So why would we do it to someone else? But why did you ultimately make the call with Seth and your editors and the team at ESPN that it was important to find out where this information came from? Because there was more to that story in terms of where. Well, there's there's two reasons for it, actually. Um, the first one is we had sources tell us, and I think it's actually, um, you know, you can't dispute this. It's not in dispute that the leaking of those emails uh, on uh, against John Gruden that cost him his job, cost him his career, directly led to the congressional investigation that began against Dan Snyder and of the team and also of the NFL and caused a lot of heartburn for the for the league office and for Roger Goodell personally. It all stemmed from these leaks. And that congressional investigation, as you know, Craig, led to Tiffany Johnston uh, making her new allegations in February of 2022 before Congress on that in that roundtable session, which then led to the NFL hiring Mary Jo White, who is uh, still uh, preparing this report that we're all waiting for. It's been 16 months now. Um, it also led to a criminal investigation that's ongoing in Virginia against Snyder and the team for financial improprieties. So the decision to leak them. And we believe Snyder was one of the people who did green light it actually was a self-destructive act, because as our reporting shows in this story, as and as somebody very close to Snyder told us, he was free and clear in October of 2021. He he was basically past the Beth, the worst of the Beth Wilkinson investigation with only a $10 million fine that the franchise had to pay this sort of hazy suspension where the word suspension was never used. It was a slap on the wrist. And we, I'm sure we're going to talk about that, about that process, no doubt. but, but that's one reason. But the other reason is we found through our reporting that there were others that were involved and, and so that's intriguing, right? So if Snyder, as our sources said, one of the motives is that he was trying to ingratiate himself with Roger Goodell. The question is why? Then the question is, what's Roger Goodell's relationship to Gruden? How does Gruden view Goodell? Demoris Smith, the head of the NFLPA, um, the executive director of the National Football League Players Association, we have information to information that he was uh, p 
potentially or allegedly involved in one of the leaks. So um, so that's the other reason. And then finally, actually, now that I think about it, there's a third reason. John Gruden is suing the National Football League right. and Roger Goodell personally and and has actually won every court decision in Nevada at the district court level and at the appellate court level. Now it's uh, before the Nevada Supreme Court. The NFL is trying to put this into arbitration behind closed doors. Gruden wants discovery, wants it all out in the open. And so, you know, this is a very big case facing the NFL that we know from talking to our sources among the owners and other league executives that they're very concerned about. So for all those reasons, we decided to take on the story. Don Van Nata, ESPN, with us, of course, their senior investigative reporter. Uh, latest story from he and his writing partner, Seth Wickersham about the John Gruden emails and how that ultimately leads to the demise of Dan Snyder. I want to double click on something in there that you, you asserted here and, and that you guys assert in the story too. And, and obviously when you say it in the story, especially you're, you're saying someone close to Snyder says that he was free and clear. And if, if there's not these leaks, he just keeps the team and things keep rolling. Do you believe that to be true? Because you and Seth obviously were, were starting to talk to people around the league. There's certainly others from the Post, the Times, et cetera, that were sniffing around. I, I tend to think that even if it would have taken longer, something else would have come out that would have triggered more problems for Dan. I don't know if it rises to the level of congressional investigation and thus him ultimately kind of being forced to sell. But do you do you think that he would have gotten away, kind of gotten away with it, if you will? I feel like I'm in Scooby Doo now. Oh, we would have gotten away with it if not for those <laughs> rascally reporters. But do you do you feel like he would have gotten away with it uh, had had these leaks not come out, or it would just have landed in the same place through a different path? Well, I, that that's hard to answer. I, I can tell you that our sources, um, not just these people, sort of close to Snyder, but people around the league, some of whom don't like Snyder. I mean, there's nobody left around the league among the owners who like Snyder. They all want him out. But even some of these owners say that if he had just kept his head down and just sort of dealt with this period of time where Goodell was not allowing him back to these league meetings around the country, was not allowing him to show his face on the field before games at FedEx Field and on the road, um, that he he might have survived it. Now, look, he still had the issue of having to get a stadium. And as we reported last October and other people have reported, that's obviously a big problem that Snyder had that, you know, he has run out of goodwill. Uh, but but remember that back in 2021, he still had a little bit of goodwill left. He, he ran out of that goodwill. Craig, if you really look back at it carefully, the history in 2022, after Congress started its investigation, after Tiffany Johnston and other witnesses emerged with these new allegations that Mary Jo White is investigating, that's really where things went south in Maryland, Virginia, was last year, as we reported in our story last October. So there is a very, very strong belief that if he was just patient and he just accepted what really turns out to be a very light punishment given to him by Roger Goodell, that he could have survived. So let's dive into the substance of the story then, and let's start right there. How do we arrive at this incredibly light punishment for Snyder and how much of that was engineered by Dan himself? Dan played a major role in it. So we're reporting for the first time the, the behind-the-scenes arguments that were made at the league office in Manhattan on Park Avenue. This goes to June of 2021, shortly before uh, the announcement is made of what Snyder's punishment is going to be. 
Uh, Dan Snyder's legal team, led by Joe Tacopina, the New York lawyer who is also, by the way, Donald Trump's, one of Donald Trump's defense lawyers, uh, as well as a couple of lawyers from Reed Smith, go into the league office. And it's their job that day to basically defend Dan Snyder against the Beth Wilkinson allegations. Remember, Beth Wilkinson is the attorney that Snyder initially hired, that that the NFL took over the investigation about the workplace, the toxic workplace uh, culture allegations. And so instead of really making a full-throated defense for Snyder, actually the decision is made to put up on a PowerPoint, on slides, emails from league executives including Jeff Pash, who's the general counsel of the National Football League. In these emails, Craig, they're they're writing off-color language. These are emails to Bruce Allen. I mean, they're not as bad as Gruden's emails. They're not racist and misogynistic, but they're close and they're they're off-color. They're embarrassing if they get out. And the lawyers for the league that are watching this are stunned because the message that Takapine and the other lawyers are showing is how dare you sit in judgment of Dan Snyder, you people here in the league office, because you've got these emails. You guys have the same issues that Dan has. And and the implication was clear to the lawyers for the league that if they did not go easy on Dan Snyder with the punishment, if they uh, if Roger Goodell lowered the boom on Snyder, that those emails would be leaked. So inside the league office, they actually called it the blackmail PowerPoint. And it turned out there were top people in the league office, we were told, that were so angry by these tactics by Takapina and the other lawyers that they actually did want to hammer Snyder and also for the findings of Beth Wilkinson. But Roger Goodell instead went the other way. And in the course of that punishment, we have sources telling us that Snyder basically dictated the terms of his punishment, even to the point of actually making word suggestions in the press release announcing the punishment. If you remember, Craig, there's language in there about how Dan and Tanya Snyder are writing the ship. The culture has changed. There's a lot of positive language in a press release that's supposed to be about the findings of Beth Wilkinson's investigation and about all of the allegations that Snyder was in charge of this toxic workplace culture, that the place was rife with sexual harassment and everything else. So we lay all of that out, which... I know from, you know, just some of the feedback and reaction I've had today doesn't sit well, obviously, with the former cheerleaders and with the witnesses that bravely came forward with all these allegations that the league went so easy on Snyder and almost was in cahoots with Snyder directly on what the terms of his punishment were going to be. That is the part of the story that just left my jaw on the floor. Um, The thing about blackmail is it's it's, you know, obviously, if you can call it out before any of it gets out. And you, you never learn what the blackmail was. That's the most effective strategy. Often it winds up being, we're going to call it out and then we're going to get exposed and it's going to be bad, but hopefully people have pity on us because we got blackmailed. Really, does it just work like this? At least it doesn't feel like in, in corporate America that this happens, uh, or maybe it happens more and we, we, don't, we never get this kind of reporting uh, on it. But that, that's the part, Don, that is just amazing to me is instead of calling out the blackmail and punishing Snyder for it, why does Goodell just give in and be like, well, you caught us. I, I guess we'll, we'll play your game now when, and that's kind of, I guess, a theme. Like we've talked about this every time you've been on, like, why did they keep going with Dan? And I think this is also kind of a contrast that's, that's laid out in the story versus kind of the blindsided nature 
to how Mark Davis felt in Las Vegas, where there's these emails exist in the league office for months. He finds out them the day before they're going to be published in the Wall Street Journal and ultimately has to fire his coach. Yeah, it, you, you know, you're getting to one of the biggest mysteries of this is why it appears every single time Snyder is in a jam that he's helped out of it. He's literally lifted out of it by Roger Goodell. Why? I don't know the answer to it. I know that in our story last October, Seth Wickersham, Tisha Thompson, and I reported that Snyder was running around the league, telling some owners, telling other people that he had dirt on some owners, including Jerry Jones, who's a mentor of his, and on Roger Goodell, the implication again being blackmail. And remember, that was denied by Snyder in a full-throated defense that he sent to all the, uh, all the owners. Well, now it turns out, a few months later, we find out that there was a blackmail PowerPoint. <laughs> Literally, that's the phrase that's used inside the league office where emails were used and almost threatening. The, he, there's a threat to weaponize these emails against the league if they don't go easy on Snyder. Now, whether that's why Roger Goodell decided to go easy I don't know the answer to that. He he will not sit for an interview with me. Uh, I can tell you a lot of owners around the league uh, speculate that that might be part of it. Um, you know, another possibility is Goodell is so old school. Snyder's one of his bosses, and he'll just do everything to side with him. Remember, he sided with Snyder against the three minority partners in that story I did back in February about those financial impropriety, right. al you know, allegations of financial improprieties. It's now being investigated by prosecutors in Virginia. The same thing. Goodell shut down any attempt by those limited partners to get to the truth about Snyder. He sided with Snyder there. He has he sided with Snyder on on this particular issue. And um I, I don't I don't know what motivates it other than, you know, what we've reported um, in, you know, in total in the last year in these stories. Passion, drive and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day. Your weekly source for all things commanders, right on time, your time. A list of household chores. Do them without missing a beat and listen while you work. In the car, turn mundane drives into memorable moments. With podcasts, you can maximize productivity and minimize FOMO. We're on demand, so we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Don Van Nata, ESPN with us here on the Hoffman Show. So in, some, in so many ways, Don, what we're talking about feels very big and conspiratorial. There's another side of this story, though, in reporting and, and theorizing by some of your sources that makes it incredibly small and incredibly personal. And that is when you get to Goodell himself and his job security and Demora Smith and his job security and the potential that either one of them may have leaked these emails from John Gruden for very personal reasons related to their respective jobs. Can you explain to the audience how that side of this story enters the equation? Yeah, so let me start first with Demora Smith before we get to Goodell. I think because I think Goodell is a little bit more complicated um, than Demora Smith. Um, Demora Smith, uh, the week of the leaks, uh, was basically facing a vote for his job. Um, he had a tough year in 2021. Um, he, there was a vote on the executive board of the union that was tied seven to seven about whether his contract should be extended. He had a vote on, uh, a Friday and the, I think basically the second week of October, uh, that for, or maybe the second Friday in October where the 32 player reps were going to get together and vote on whether to extend Demora Smith, a new contract. Well, that very day, Earlier that day in the afternoon, just a few hours before that vote was taken on D. Smith's future, the Wall Street Journal published the story on the Gruden email using a racist trope to describe Demora Smith. Um, and uh, it blew up. Uh, people were wondering all around the league who the source of that was. We have reporting now that D. Smith told a close associate of his bragged that he was the one behind that leak. So that means if true, and this is a source that we believe, we published it in this story, that D. Smith had very selfish reason for, for leaking it or being involved in the leak because possibly try to whip up some sympathy among the player reps. They did vote. Uh, he kept uh, his job and was extended by a single vote. Now, I tried to speak to D. Smith. I should tell your audience uh, for this story. He declined to talk with me uh, through union uh, spokesman, longtime union spokesman, George Atala. So that's D. Smith. Uh, Roger Goodell is, is something entirely different, Craig. I mean, we do a lot in the story, as you know, about this very tortured relationship between Roger Goodell and John Gruden that goes back to the days when Gruden was in the broadcast booth for ESPN and Monday Night Football way back to 2011, where Goodell actually summoned Gruden to the league office to get a lesson on player safety because Goodell didn't like something that Gruden said in the broadcast booth on a Monday Night Football game. And, he, and so Goodell summons Gruden to the league office to get a lesson from John Madden and Jeff Fisher on player safety. This makes Gruden's head explode. He goes, there's no way I'm going to do that. He refuses. And he starts bad-mouthing Goodell around the league, saying all sorts of negative things about his leadership. Um, and so we go into all of that. And a fair amount of that, we believe, got back to Goodell. So our sources, some of our sources told us that the motive Goodell would have had was an opportunity to get rid of a longtime antagonist in John Gruden. And there's some very salty language that Gruden has used uh, about Goodell, uh, even to this day, recently to associates of how he thinks that Goodell blackballed him with these leaks and everything else. And so we lay that out. So yes, your question is a good one. There's, there's personal reasons, allegedly, that both Demora Smith and Roger Goodell uh, would be responsible for the leaks. 
and you lay out in the story as well. And I would encourage, obviously, anyone to read it. Also, I know you guys did an, an, a podcast episode of ESPN Daily, yourself and Jeremy Schaap, if you want to hear more on this part of it. But Snyder, going back to what we said earlier, like felt like, oh, maybe I can do a, a solid to, to Raj here and get back in his good graces. Um, but that also brings in the, the Rock Nation part of it, which is interesting because, you know, covering Washington, obviously, um, the Rock Nation folks were fairly involved here in some of the aftermath of all of this as well, some marketing. And, you know, you, you lay out in the story, there is a, an executive at Rock Nation who becomes a very close confidant of Dan and Tanya, and that affects a lot of decision makings uh, around some of the major events that have happened here uh, outside of this story over the last couple of years. How did Rock Nation get interwoven in the NFL and kind of become this I don't know, scary looming figure that a lot of people in the NFL became very intimidated by. Well, I want to be really clear about this. So we have multiple sources um, who in real time before the leak started and after the last leak happened back in October of 2021, who heard from people around Dan Snyder through a law firm named Reed Smith based in New York Reed Smith not only represents Dan Snyder, they represent Rock Nation, Jay-Z's entertainment company, that that Rock Nation and the CEO of Rock Nation, Desiree Perez, was somehow involved. Now, who is Desiree Perez? Well, she's somebody who sits on the board of directors of the Commanders, and she's also a consultant to the National Football League to help with social justice messaging, as well as helping the NFL put on its Super Bowl halftime shows. So Desiree Perez is very close to Dan and Tanya Snyder, and she's also very close to Roger Goodell. We lay out in the story, she has almost an open-door policy to Goodell. Now, she refused to speak to me. I attempted to interview her for this story over a course of weeks. She declined all of those invitations. Again, I want your audience to know that a lawyer for her told a lawyer of ours at ESPN that she had nothing to do with these leaks. She adamantly denies even knowing anything about them. But we have multiple sources in legal circles as well as in the league office, including, by the way, Jeff Pash, the general counsel of the NFL, who believed that she was involved with Dan Snyder to get the ball rolling, to get these leaks started uh, in early October. And, and Craig, I'm sure your listeners by now are like well, what, throwing up their hands. Well, wait a minute. It sounds like Everybody had a motive here. Maybe right. everybody was right. involved, right? It's like, and, 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 and in a weird way, it's possible. It's possible that it started with Dan Snyder and his law firm with help from Desiree Perez and Rock Nation. It gets to Roger Goodell because these emails, these Gruden emails land on Goodell's desk early in early October on a Monday or Tuesday, 72 hours. One of them is in the Wall Street Journal. And then 72 hours after that, there's a whole bunch more in the New York Times. And Roger Goodell calls Mark Davis just a few hours after that Wall Street Journal leak and says more are coming. There's going to be more emails coming. How does he know that? So all of this we lay out. And, and look, this is all going to be litigated if it gets to discovery in the Gruden lawsuit. But we did the best we could, Seth and I, with the journalism tools we have to put as much of that information out as we could in this story. Yeah, and I will, I will just tack on here so people understand the reporting process, having never been involved in something this size, but like smaller versions of doing investigative reporting. Certainly in my career, I, I did before I became a talking head who just spouts opinions every day from four to seven. <laughs> um, but you know what the way you get information is to have information you can't just go to someone and be like hey you want to tell me all your deepest darkest secrets like obviously <laughs> you develop the relationship over time because you prove being trustworthy 
and because you know things. And I think it is very possible, and this is completely me editorializing here, but there, I think it is very possible that you know someone got one email and went to someone else and was like, hey, I have this. And they're like, well, you should see what I have in my trove. And that starts to snowball. And so when you say, hey, it seems like everyone has a motive, I think it's possible that everyone's guilty, if you will, or you know, whatever word you want to use there, that as, as the reporting process went, one thing led to opening, you know, it serves as a key to unlock another door where you find another key, which unlocks another door. And all of a sudden we have this massive information that comes out through the journal and, and through the times. Yeah. And, and I want to be clear. So there is a quote in our story, which I think is a really important one that that's only gotten a little bit of attention surprisingly today. Uh, and that's from a, a, a legal source, a, a very close source that was sort of in the loop in the very early momentum behind leaking these emails, these Gruden emails. And that person said, from the perspective of Dan Snyder and the people around Dan Snyder, and whether Desiree Perez is part of that or not, really doesn't matter. Really, the way it was seen was these emails are given to Goodell. They provide Goodell with the opportunity and this is the language of the quote, to off Gruden, to get rid of Gruden, and to score points on a racial issue, uh, which is something that, you know, the league was looking to do after the blowback on the Colin Kaepernick situation. And by the way, that's part of Rock Nation's uh, agreement with the NFL on consulting is to help on those very issues. And the way this source put it was, this was a gift. In other words, a gift from Snyder, at least from the Snyder camp's perspective, to Goodell so Goodell could knock out a longtime antagonist named John Gruden and, you know, and do the right thing in the eyes of fans. It's very like early 20th century Russia. Like, here is the head of your enemy on a platter. <laughs> yes, yes like, it is. You didn't have to kill a guy. What are we doing? Um, Don Van Nato with us just for another minute or two here on the Team 980. I want to wrap with this, Don. Um, not... not uh, Goodell related, not Snyder related. What about Gruden's role in all this? Because he, like, none of this happens to John specifically if he doesn't send the emails with the racist language and the misogynistic stuff. And while I understand why he would feel blindsided by this, these things coming out a decade later, and why I understand even more so Mark Davis's frustration to be like, wait, you guys knew about this all along and you never thought to share it? Like, what, what the hell? Um, it doesn't feel like Gruden has ever taken ownership for the actual substance, which is very important here. Like the reason the NFL has an issue around racial and misogynistic and uh, anti-gay issues is because there are people working in the league who use even, you know, what you can say whatever about their motives, but they use this language, which is incredibly harming and damaging to real people. And so whether you want to look at it through a business lens of alienating, you know, marginalized groups or a human one of, hey, we don't talk about people this way because it's bad and it is immoral. Um, and that's not like some some incredibly high moral standard that I'm putting on other people here. Like Gruden doesn't seem to actually take accountability for the substance. Um, am I missing something here that he has done that in another place or does he just seemingly or does he kind of have two points where legally, yes, he does have repercussions that he is entitled to, but also substantively, he can still be wrong? Well, yeah, it's a great question. Uh, yeah, he apologized uh, at the time. He said these emails were not representative of who he was. Uh, they were private emails. They had 
been a decade earlier. Uh, and it, it's not the way he talks. It's not who he is. Uh, so he did put out this apology, but it had the feel of being a little bit perfunctory. Right. And and Craig, you're right. Uh, you know, now he is he's going for broke. He um, we have language in our story. Uh, people close to him told me that um, he's not going to settle. For any dollar amount, he wants the truth. He's going to burn the house down as the language that he's apparently used with people around him to get to the truth of who did this. He's convinced it was Goodell. He is absolutely convinced that it was Goodell who did the kill shot, as he puts it, to his career. And when it comes to that language, yeah, there hasn't been that much remorse shown uh, on his part. And now maybe that'll happen if it ever gets into a courtroom in Nevada uh, before a judge or a jury, but um, but you're right. It's a it's an excellent question. Uh, he feels he was given no due process, and he said that in a in a statement that was given to us for this story um, that he was completely blindsided by it. As was Mark Davis. One of the things that really bothers the Las Vegas Raiders owner Mark Davis the most is he believes he I mean he doesn't just believe it. He knows because he was told we 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 were told that other owners including Snyder, knew about these emails, obviously, in the summer of 2021. And Davis didn't find out about it until the day before the Wall Street Journal reported. He's sort of like, what's that about? This involves my head coach. If they had quietly told me about it a few months ago, we could have dealt with this. Now, maybe dealt with it behind closed doors, which is the way a lot of things in the NFL occur. But right. he, he felt he felt sandbagged and he felt that that uh, that that wasn't right either. But, yeah, it's it's an excellent point about Gruden. Um the, the language he used, the racist, misogynistic, homophobic language was awful. There's no place for that. Um, you know, you could argue certainly he was justified, uh, Roger Goodell, and saying to Mark Davis, you have to do something about this. And it only got worse after that New York Times a story with even more of it. And, uh, and we haven't heard that much um, apologies and language of remorse from Gruden since then. Don Van Nata did it again. Uh, you can read the full story, ESPN.com. He and Seth Wickersham. Um, I will say, Don, this, this one did feel a little bit different for the first time. It's like, okay, well, Harris will be here next week. And uh, this one felt like a lot more about the league, um, which is an interesting perspective, I think, for, for us here in Washington, but still incredibly important reporting. And uh, certainly the league is going to have a lot to answer for uh, based on it. So thanks again for your time, as always. Thank you, Craig. Appreciate it.